Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Before we get to today's episode, I want to tell you about one of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that is Doral Toyota. More than 1,200 cars in inventory, in-house financing available for credit-related issues. You'll work with a dedicated concierge manager, not just a salesperson. Make sure you mention Five Reasons or Five on the Floor when you go to the dealership. They're conveniently located just three blocks east of Dolphin Mall that's in Doral, pricing at an all-time low not only that, but they'll beat any other Toyota dealer price. So check out DoralToyota.com. That's DoralToyota.com. Come see them and ask for the friends and family department. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sydney, a.k.a. ALF954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome into the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast on the Five Reasons Sports Network. This is Ethan Skolnick, but I'm not who you want to hear from today. Um, I've got uh, I've got the mayor on the line with me, Udonis Haslam, um, back for another season. Was this 29, 39, 49 season? Not sure how many, <laughs> but uh, but he's still here. He's going to be playing with the Miami Heat again this season. We're happy about it. Um, I didn't think this was going to happen, to be honest with you, when we talked about a year ago, um, because I, I, I got the sense from you that last year might have been it. So before we get to some of the fun stuff here, UD, just take take me through the decision a little bit. You know, it's two parts to it. You know, for me, it's, it's a family part, um, which is you know always the most important part. And, and there's a second part of me that, as a leader, as a captain, you know, I have an obligation to get the most out of my guys and, I, and, and out of these guys. And, you know, um, I just feel like we could have gotten a little more last year. And, and I feel like, you know, uh, some of that responsibility, or responsibility, you know, a lot of that responsibility falls on me. You know, these guys are still learning their way. They're still trying to figure things out. Um, I've been there. You know, I, I know what it takes, you know. Um, so, um I got to drive these guys and I got to get the most out of these guys and help these guys achieve their goals. And, and I still feel like there's work to be done in that area of passing the torch as well. You know, there's, there's a responsibility of mine to pass the torch in the culture, you know, so there's things that, 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 you know, as a captain, as a leader and as the keeper of the culture um, that I have a responsibility to take care of as well. So put out an Instagram post, uh, I don't know, it was about three weeks ago, maybe. Um, and I know, oh, yeah. you know you, I know you only jump on social media when you feel there's a reason to. I, I you know, I, I, you know, we monitor it all, and you know, Dwayne will sit there and start retweeting 65 different people. Anybody who mentions his name, Dwayne's tweeting it out there. 
with you, it's, it's with you, it's a little bit more discerning in that regard. Um, and, and it tends to be maybe somebody that you're close to past or something along those lines, but you put out an Instagram post and, and it was very directed. I thought at people who were having to say one way or another about whether you should play again. What inspired that? Well, because, because that, that from, to me, I'm knowing you now since 2003, that kind of came out of nowhere a little bit. Like, what was, what was in your head? What was in your mind? And what were people saying that bugged you? I mean, in the midst of all the, you know, gossip or talk or people asking questions of, you know, focusing on what I was going to do. Um, I feel like people were more concerned about the decision than myself. You know, I feel like um, I should be the one that's most concerned about what I'm going to do is my life is my future. But ultimately at the end of the day, um, you know, the, the option to play, I felt like was misunderstood. You know, I feel like, you know, the option to play is, you know, he can't play. He's just trying to get a check. You know, what? like, so the option to play, you know, for me, was, was just being misunderstood from a lot of different areas and a lot of different levels. And like I said, I really don't care about what people see on the outside. I really don't pay attention to it because at the end of the day, they probably most likely, not even probably most likely, they a thousand percent won't see it to my face. So I really don't care what people say on the outside, but it got to the point where I just needed to make a statement like, yo, don't think I can't play this game just because I don't play. Like, like I, you know, I've been quiet long enough, but people like to take shots and people think I can't play this game. Like, I can still play this game at a high level. Can I play 35, 40 minutes a night like I used to? Hell no. But I can still play this game and contribute at a high level. So, you know, in the midst of working out in China with with, with Dwayne and just, you know, had a good workout and just was, you know, hearing a lot of gossip, a lot of chitter-chatter about what was going on. And, you know, I just was fed up. I said what I wanted to say and I got it off my chest and I moved on. But you say you moved on, but how much of that drove you to come back? Like, because I know you say it's a family decision, and obviously, look, you got kids. I mean, a lot of them are in sports now. You've got, I mean, you got a lot of things that you're handling. You got business. I was just at your subway in Oakwood Plaza two days ago with a, with your picture on the wall. I'm like a regular there. Um, so, I mean, I know you're all over the place. But how much of it was that, as you call it, chitter chatter, that? drove you because you've always been driven by to a certain, I know you say not by the outside voices so much but it, you've internalized some of it so how much of that that played into you coming back oh yeah I'm definitely motivated always I'm always finding ways to motivate myself like you know being an underdog you know obviously majority of the you know my life a majority of the time it's always motivation out there so yeah the chitter chatter does motivate me but it didn't motivate me to come back because ultimately it's not like I'm it's not like I'm gonna come back and play 20 minutes a night and get to prove these people wrong Mm-hmm. I want to come back and I'm being a I'm being a role of, of a mentor. I'm being a role of a leader. I'm being a role of a captain. Um, my work is done in practice. My work is done in practice. You know, if you want to come see me play, if you think I can't play, show up to practice, buy a ticket, get a seat. But my work is done in practice. Ultimately, you know, if Spoden needs me, I'll be ready. He knows that. He understands that. But it's going to be spotty for me playing time-wise. But, you know, my, my, my playing time is going to be in practice, and that's where I challenge these guys, and that's where I do most of my playing. Well, I appreciate that you've now invited us to practice because we don't get to watch practices. I'm going to mention. Yeah, I'm going to mention that. Yeah, to so, yeah I, I think we should yeah. get to see the practices. I agree with you. This is one of the reasons I like yeah. having you around. You want to see me play? Come check out practice, man. I'm, you guys are invited. All right. Thank you. Okay, good. I'm going to pass that on to Pat later today. Um, <laughs> you know, you mentioned the leadership thing, um, and I had Chris Bosch on this pod uh, a couple months ago. 
And he, that's my guy. Yeah, I know. And he, he called, look, he called the young guys out now, you know, and, and he, he talked about their talent, but he said, look, you know, he had a conversation with them and I just had Bam on the pod this week. And he said that conversation struck a chord with him. He had a conversation with them and said, look, it's your time now. Like Dwayne's gone. <laughs> you know, the, you know, and, and, you know, he, he can't be the, a guy out there on the court with you all the time, pushing you guys and being the leader that one of you guys or collectively you guys have to take it. Have you had those kind of conversations with Bam, with Justice, with DJJ, with some of these young guys on the team? Oh, most definitely, constantly. That's part of my that's part of my job as a captain. Is to mold these guys and have these conversations with these guys about you know the next phase of basketball on a, on, a, on a leadership level and and how they can affect their guys. You know, not just on the court but off the court. And, um, you know, so that, that's, that's part of, you know, why I'm here. Um, that's part of, you know, who I am as a captain, as a leader. Um, so understanding that's, that's just all entailed with my role and the things that I have to do. So when I talked to Bam about it specifically, you know, he's, he started to talk about, well, it's, it's challenging for him sometimes to kind of grow into that role, but he's going to try. So just a guy like that. Okay. Seems to have an incredibly positive attitude. I mentioned Instagram. You don't do a ton of that, but you put out a post that was like a love letter to Bam Adebayo, that you've been waiting for the next guy, and here he is. Why do you feel that way about him, and what does he need to do, other than just obviously improve his game to become what you think he can become and you want him to become? I mean, I'm, I'm in the locker room every day. I'm in the trenches every day. I'm in practice every day. I'm at every game. You know, I'm on every road trip. You know, so I see everything behind the scenes, and, you know, you know, Bam played last year, you know, um, through wrist sprains, through knee bruises. Um, the kid never complained. He brought it every day. Um, he naturally um, turned into a leader, you know, without even knowing it, just by bringing it every day, just by not missing a game, um, just by never complaining. You know, he naturally started to show leadership qualities showing frustration when we weren't playing the way we were supposed to play, but showing it in the right way, not, not displaying it on the bench, not displaying it against the guys, but having frustration in the locker room when nobody's around, but the team, you know, so those things that he was doing, and I don't think, I don't think, I don't even think he noticed it, you know, but as a captain, as a leader, you know, I noticed a lot of things. So, you know, those are things that I'm saying that he's naturally doing already at his age. Um, and that was encouraging. We saw a little of that with Justice, too, last year, particularly after he took the point guard role. What, what is next for him? Sometimes we forget how young he is because he's been here. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He was with you guys on a team that could have gone to the Eastern Conference Finals in 16, right, if you guys didn't have some injuries uh, against yeah. Toronto. What, what's next for Justice? Because his personality is a little different than that. Um, I feel like he has to be stepping up to the next level as a leader as well. And, you know, as a basketball player, obviously on the court, but as a leader as well. But not just sometimes, it has to be all the time. And and it has to be um, on a level where, um, you know, sometimes you might have to be the self-sacrificial lamb for the other guys to see, you know. So understanding that, for instance, I, I don't know, uh, if you're hurt, you might have to go out there hurt. You might have to go out there hurt just so the other guys say, hey, if our captain is doing it, if our leader is doing it, if he's not 100%, then I should be doing it, or, or whatever the situation may be. So for justice, is just continuing to grow in the leadership role, but leading, leading by example all the time, 
all the time. And one thing I love about Justice is his passion, man. His passion about the game. We talked about it. And and I love that about Justice. I love that it's 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 natural. He's quiet, and all of a sudden he'll have a, an explosion of, of energy and, and competitiveness and get a technical foul. And I love that about Justice. I love that inside of him. But like I said, just continuing to grow and being a leader all the time. And not just, you know, when you're playing, but off the basketball court as well. One more on the current team, and then I want to get to your career. Um, Jimmy Butler, how involved were you at all in some of the conversations, um, you know, to get him here? Uh, I know, obviously, your relationship with Dwayne. And, and, and what would you say to people who see somebody like Jimmy is competitive or maybe has had some challenges with teammates because of that? I mean, I've spoken to Jimmy a couple of times. I had the chance to meet him through Dwayne. And, um, you know, we went to dinner a couple of times. Um, you know, I understood he had an interest in coming to Miami. Um, you know, my influence was more so of a basketball player influence, not much in the front office. You know, those decisions were made um, by other people. But I was fully on board with bringing Jimmy Butler in. Um, I feel like he's a Miami Heat guy. I feel like he doesn't have to be molded into a Miami Heat guy. I don't feel like he has to be taught how to be a Miami Heat guy. I feel like he's natural-born Miami Heat guy. Um, so I'm excited to have him. I'm looking forward to the opportunity competing with him. And for me, you know, only issues that I've heard about Jimmy has come from him expecting other people to compete as the as high a level as he competes or play as hard as he plays or, you know, have the fierce competitiveness edge that he has. So for me, being the same kind of guy and understanding that, you know, that's how I want people to be as well, I can understand his frustration at times. No, I totally get that. All right, let's get to your career here a little bit. Um, I'm going to ask you a couple trivia questions, today, right? Because so I, you know, rack your brain a little bit. Other oh. than yourself, other than yourself, who are the only two guys left who came in 2003? Other than myself. Mm-hmm. Huh. There's only two, man. There's well, I mean, one should be easy, UD. And one should be easy. Let's go to the top. Huh? Hey, Bron. Okay. All right. We got one. <laughs> we got one. There's, only one there's, there's only one other, man. I mean, unless Carmelo gets another opportunity here, there's only one other guy. I hope, I hope, Melo, I hope Melo do get an opportunity, man. I think he should. I hope so. But, um, who me. Jeez. That's the best. This, next, this next one is tough. Shooter. Shooter? Shooter. Oh, Shooter. no, no, no. Is, is it Kyle Cole? That's Kyle Corver. That's it. That's it. It's, it's yeah, it's, Kyle Corver. The, the the last three standing. You know what I was, you know what I was trying to visualize. I was trying to visualize the picture that I have on my wall in my office of, of the rookie of the rookie game, and all of us were on that picture. I got Bron. It's me. All of us were on the rookie in that rookie game on that picture. And I, I was trying to visualize that picture in my head and see all the faces <laughs> on that picture. That's when Kyle Corver was in Philly, right? Yes, that's what Kyle Corver was. A, that's what Kyle Corver was in Philly. And Kyle yeah. Corver has now played the second most games out of that whole uh, draft. To me, that's an amazing stat, man. I mean, because that kind of shows how long you've been around, but you know, how long you've persevered. You are now, I think it's 12th in games um, in terms of guys that came in in 2003. Um, your, your buddy Zaja Pachulia is third, by the way. Um, but, but he's no. third. <laughs> 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 
but he's not playing anymore, so that one's out of it. But, yeah, you're now 12th in games with 854. Uh, it's LeBron, Kyle, Jaja, Carmelo, Boris Diaw, Dwayne. No more of those coming. Uh, David West, Nick Collison, Chris Bosh, Mark Heinrich, Steve Blake, who I know you're familiar with. And you. Blake. So that's it. Hmm. You need 16 to catch Blake uh, to get up get up to 11. But what, what to you does that uh, symbolize? Um, wow. You know, wow. To be missing in that list, you know, um, of, of guys and to have that, the longevity and, you know, to have the physical, you know, uh, capability, the physical health, the mental health, um, you know, the talent to be at this level, you know, it, I'm, I'm appreciative of it. I'm thankful. You know, I really don't have to take time to you know, look back at the things that I accomplished because I'm so full, focused on work and moving ahead and continuing to just accomplish more things. But, you know, when I hear some of these accolades and some of the things that people say, um, you know, I'm thankful and, and it's amazing. How is it going to be? I know you did this a little bit for about a year and a half, but we don't like to remember this, uh, the Cleveland and Chicago stints. Like we've just, we've, we've just blocked them out of our head uh, for Dwayne. But but is it different this year? I mean, you had him back for a year and a half, right? Working with these young guys, is is it is it different for you now? Kind of going back to him not being there with you, where you're shouldering the majority of that burden, you know, in terms of, the, of that leadership and passing on the culture. Not at all. Not at all. You know, you can't you can't um, just kick out the little bit of time that he left. You know, that was time that both of us grew, um, and we grew. Uh, individually, um, but we also grew closer together, you know, because we weren't around each other every day. Um, so it was more of an effort to reach out to one another and check on one another and see how one another are doing. So, you know, we grew individually. We also grew closer together. So um, me as a captain and as a leader, and I'm fully ready and capable and, you know, looking forward to the opportunity of taking on that role, um, you know, alone. He, uh, people have noticed on, on social media, he's all over the place on TV shows, doing a million things. Do you think he's bored not having basketball? Uh, how, do you, how, do you, how do you think he's going to handle this? Um, you know, Dwayne is a, is, is a smart person. You know, one thing I know that he's going to continue to keep himself involved in things that he's passionate about. Um, so, you know, his wine is something that he's passionate about. Um, you know, obviously the 800 Degrees brand that we're working on. Um, it's something that he's passionate about. Um, he has something new that he's doing with socks. Uh, you know, those are things that he's passionate about. Leaning brand is something that he's passionate about. He's still passionate about the game of basketball. His son, Zaire, you know, is playing now. So, you know, he has so many things that he's passionate about. Not not to mention my God, though, the Kavya. So he's going to stay busy, man. And all these things are things that he's passionate about. You know, he's not just doing it to stay busy. These are his passions. So I think, I'm sure he'll be fine. All right, I want to do some rapid fire here with you to close, all right? Give yes. me, you, you've had, I was counting it the other day, you've had more than 150 teammates now, okay? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to make you nameable. There's no you, know what I, you know what I just thought about? That's 150 names on the wall every time I go take a leap. <laughs> <laughs> you, know that, you know that, you know yes. that list of names you have on the wall. Yes, I know the list of names on the wall. Yep, it's 150 names you think about when you take a leak. That's that's perfect. Wow. That, that's the perfect way to, to symbolize. But it's more than 150, and I'm not even going to get you to try to name any of the guys from the 2007-2008 season because those guys just came and went, man. That, that was D-League up, down, whatever. 
Um, but is there is there one – I'm going to take away the obvious one here for Heat fans who's LeBron, right? Is there one teammate that you wish you'd got to play with long? Mike Miller. It's three years, right? It could have been four. It could have been longer. Yeah, I wish it was way longer. I love that guy. That's my guy. He's doing pretty um, good work now, but yeah. Yeah, that's um, – Yeah, he's living. I, I just texted him the other day. I said, boy, you up in Memphis cooking chicken in practice, ain't you? You see him on Instagram frying them boys in practice? <laughs> I, I, said, you know, I said, you up there, Chef Boy RD. You cooking chicken in practice. <laughs> He seems happy though. He seems like he likes it. Like, it, it, yeah. I've, I've been trying to get Mike on the pod forever, so I'm, I'm, I'm working on. It. All right, here's another one. This is a little trickier. What teammate drove you the craziest? Uh, there are two guys I'm thinking off at the top of my head, but, but. Bees and Rio. Oh damn, Rio wasn't going to be the second one, but he guess he's got to be. It was going to be. I was going to say Bees or Hassan. But I guess bees are real. It could be two of those. Um, nah, bees are real, man. Them damn boys drove me nuts. <laughs> give me one bee. Is there one bees story before we let you go that you could give me that I could tell? I mean, that that we that is safe enough to tell here on a podcast. You got one Beasley story? Uh, man, I could tell you stories all day about bees. Man, I love bees to death. One day he's uh. One day he was. One day he kept falling asleep in film. He used to always fall asleep in film. He used to sit by me in film, so I used to always have to wake him up. So one day I woke him up from falling asleep in film, and he said, "Man, I'm tired." And I said, "Well, man, drink a Red Bull or something before film start." He said, "Red Bull make me more tired." I was like, "All right, I ain't never heard no. I ain't never heard nothing like that before." He said, "Red." He said, "Red Bull makes him more tired." So. Decaffeinated. Uh, yeah, I've never heard of that. <laughs> that's, that's... Yeah, I ain't never, I ain't never heard that either. Ethan. I mean, I, I heard that maybe once you the sugar rush, you come down, but it doesn't make you tired instantly once you drink it. <laughs> how good? Yeah, that's how, his, that, that was his. That was his logic. How how good could he have been? I, I mean, he he carved out a career, but man, if you if you could have gotten to him in some way, or you guys could have gotten him in some way, I just I just feel like the upside there was tremendous. Oh man, he'll walk a bucket from anywhere. From anywhere. I am I've never seen nobody that can stop him besides me. But uh I haven't seen nobody that can stop that kid from getting a bucket from anywhere on the court. Final one then you mentioned him. Um he's playing in the big three actually. I'm I'm actually heading out there, trying to head out there this weekend. I mean, it's crazy. I was talking to Ricky Davis, who you played with in uh I guess uh twice, right? Two thousand Yeah, they say he was heading in yesterday. Yesterday yeah. when I went in to do my uh, media, they say he was coming in to get some shots up a little later. I just missed him. Yeah, he is so – and actually, we, I just – I taped a pod with him, so people are going to hear that here too. Um, but I'm thinking about this, and I'm like, you got all these guys in the big three. Uh, Rio's in it. Ricky Davis is in it. Rashard's in it. Amari's in it. I mean, it's just – it's like Bibby's in it. It's all these former Heat players are playing in this thing. And you're still doing this thing in the NBA. Are we going to see you? I mean, when, whenever this thing ends, 5, 10, 20 years from now, when you finally decide you're hanging it up to open more subways and 800 degrees, uh, are we going to see you playing in leagues like that? Is that something you want to no. do? No. No, no. No, once I hang them up, when I'm done with the game of basketball, that's just me, brother. There's time. There, there. I'm going to still work out. I'm going to still stay in shape. I'll, obviously, I'll still be, you know, engaged in the game of basketball.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Oh, but, you know, once I walk away, that's it. Are you mentally prepared for that? Yeah, because I got other passions. Mm -hmm. I do have other passions, and I'm so passionate about the work that I'm doing right now off, off the court. And I'm passionate about my kids. I mean... Travel baseball is like damn near the MLB, you know, the way it is with my son. He's only 12, you know, so he's going to get older. You know, my oldest son is at University of Toledo right now. and This year is the year that he's going to get more playing time. You know, I want to be invested in that. Um, you know, my youngest son is eight years old, man. He just can play anything he wants. You know, he's a stud. So, you know, those are my passions right now. Um, I have so much work that I can do. Um, outside the game of basketball and still be connected to the Miami Heat. You know, I'm always going to be a part of the Heat family. I'm going to have something to do in the organization. I'm going to still drive these guys in some shape, form, or fashion. But more work to do inside the organization this year um, on the court and in practice. And, and I, I, again, I appreciate you inviting us to practice. So I'll be out there sitting yeah. there watching you all the time. We'll get more people out there to watch you get double-doubles in practice because, uh, uh, again, oh, yeah. appreciate the interview. Oh, yeah. I said, listen, man, I tell you, man, I stay ready, so I don't got to get ready. That's all it is. I mean, I never know when my number will be called, won't be called, if it's going to get called. But, you know, it's the toughest thing to do to be ready, not knowing, you know what I'm saying, if you're going to, you know, not playing and for majority of the time. And, you know, Spo has that trust in me to be ready. And, you know, I don't want to break that trust. I got to be ready, you know. So, you know, for me, you, you, can't, you can't simulate, you know, playing an NBA game until you're actually playing in a game. So outside of, you know, my win maybe a little short, I'm always ready to go out there and play the game of basketball, man. Getting the rhythm and things, that those things have to come throughout playing the game. But, you know, just like the last game of the season for Dwayne, like I wasn't surprised I was going to get that double-double, and neither were my teammates. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Gators UM, opening game of the season. Hey, man, I don't want to talk about that, man. That's too much pressure. <laughs> All I know is that's – that, that's, that's that's my. Let me tell you something. Hurricanes are homeless as a kid. We didn't have a choice to root for another team. My parents didn't play that. We had to root for the Hurricanes. As a as a young adult, business decision, best decision in my life was to attend the University of Florida. The toughest thing for me to do is watch that game, but my heart does not allow me to root against the Hurricanes. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, we'll see how that goes. Manny Diaz uh, has a fan in you, Dallas has him. You do. Thanks, man. I will see you. Uh, I'll see you out there soon at training camp and all the rest. But um, I know people are happy you're coming back. And, and uh, obviously, we wish you the best. So thanks for doing this again. All right, Ethan. I appreciate it, brother. Right, thanks, man. See you soon.
If you're looking for a new place to hang out on the weekends, you got to check out The High at Magic City. They just opened in July, and it's a pretty awesome experience. They're putting a brand new spin on what you know about if you've been down here in Miami, which is High Live. They've got unbeatable drink specials, a live DJ, an indoor lawn game area, of course, that live highlight and so much more. The high is going to be Miami's newest hotspot going forward on Friday and Saturday nights. We're going to be taping some podcasts out there. Uh, five on the floor, balls cast, also five rings, canes. So mark your calendars to live the high life Friday and Saturday nights down here in South Florida. We'll tell you about a great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and of course, that is the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. You can find them at onecalllegal.com. That's onecalllegal.com or call 1 855 5000 Law. They handle cases including but not limited to car accidents, slip and falls, and traffic tickets. I can tell you that they do a really good job with that because they just got mine thrown out. They've got a new 15,000 square foot office that has opened on I 95 in North Miami. We actually work out of that office with MC and come say hello to us too, and they'll handle cases from all over the state. Call now with 24-7 service for a free consultation and ask about the special on traffic tickets starting at $49.95. That's onecalllegal.com, 1-855-5000. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. This is Ethan Skolnick. Um, we cover the NBA, of course. We also cover former NBA players. We cover former Heat players, um, especially those who make a couple stints with the heat and the big three is here this weekend um, for people who've kind of been following this. This has grown uh, over the past couple of years. I, I feel like every roster is littered with like, you know, at least one heat player. It's crazy. Um, so many guys played for the heat are all over the place and they're coming down here to Miami on Saturday at eight o'clock in American airlines arena. We'll have a couple people out there for five reasons sports. You can follow the coverage on five sports.com, but uh, it's a fun event. Um, and you just get to see a lot of guys that you'd heard of and, and you'd seen play. And today we've got Ricky Davis. Um, you remember him from the Heat, but also played for a number of other teams. Uh, obviously, uh, remember him in a, in a playoff series against the Heat. Also played for Cleveland uh, and around the NBA. Ricky, thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. Hey, yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. So take me through a little bit before we get into what the league is and all that. Take me through kind of the process of you deciding – that you wanted to keep playing and this is how you wanted to, um, what, what, what kind of went into your decision to, to play for the big three and, and how has it gone for you so far? Well, yeah, um, actually, you know, how I got started is, uh, Mike Bibby. Actually, we were playing, um, in some other little league we were playing in and, you know, Mike Bibby came up to me and then was like, uh, Hey Rick, you know, ice cube starting this new three on three league. Would you be interested? And uh, I was just, you know, kind of expecting the Ashton Kusher to walk out. Like, is this something like a joke or something? Of course, I would love to be some part of uh, what Ice Cube's put on. You know, somebody that you, you know, grow up watching, listening to. And uh, it's just amazing. Um, so, yeah, I, I joined it. Uh, Mike Bibby put me on his team. And, and it just grew from there. Um, you know, we had some great caliber guys going on. And, you know, we got a TV deal. And it just, you know, came to fruition so fast. Um, you know, it's just a great league, I think, you know, it gives chance guys the chance, you know, that's coming out the league, the chance to transition and, you know, trying to find their way a little bit. So, um, got some good quality guys, um, you know, and the fans can actually come see the game for a great price, uh, good caliber names, Hall of Famers. So, um, it's just awesome, man. It's growing every year and um, it's just getting better and better. 
So you're not, I, I, I don't want to date you here right now, but you're not 40 yet. You've got it. Well, you've got a couple more months, right? So yeah, a couple more months, a couple more months, <laughs> but, but it's gotta be, uh, it's gotta be a little more difficult these days to kind of get up the next day after it used to be. Um, what, what have kind of been the adjustments? I know you played overseas for a long time after you were out of the league. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. start, starting in Turkey and China and France and Puerto Rico, I didn't realize it was quite this many places that you were, you were bouncing around kind of in the 2010s. Uh, but yeah. but kind, of, kind of how do you keep yourself in the kind of shape that you need to do this? And what are the differences uh, between playing three-on-three three and five-on-five five in terms of that? Yeah, man. Um, you know, just just with staying in shape, um, you know, it's just the everyday process, you know, at this age. Um, you know, coming in and just can't can't really take a lot of days off. I think it's kind of the key to, you know, staying in shape uh, for me. Um, you know, definitely changed my diet as I got older. Um, you know, now alkaline vegan. So um, it's, a, it's a few things that I've changed myself, you know, to just kind of keep me going. And, you know, definitely my kids playing, you know, that keeps me going, training them every day and working them out. You know, so, you know, it's definitely a process and definitely different getting up after a game, you know, at the age of 39, you know, opposed to 22, you know, so. Um, it's definitely a challenge, and um, you know, playing 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 for that three on three is definitely different than at five on five. Whole different game, you know. No. With the uh, yeah, just kind of like old school, mm-hmm. old school basketball. You know, it's a difference because five on five. You know, you got to get back on defense. You got to chase that guy in transition. Uh, you know, three on three is it's just you know half court basketball. So if you know if you're gonna have a one on one game, it's kind of difficult to score you know, opposed to coming off picks and getting plays. Uh, it's a whole different ball game. You know, the, the shot clock's 14 seconds, not 24. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you miss an air ball or it doesn't hit the rim, you get to go right back up to it with the opposing team. So it's definitely some quick changes, you know, that you got to get used to. Are there certain guys, because obviously there's a lot of names uh, playing in the big three, uh, but are there certain guys that maybe weren't the biggest names when they were playing, but have just aged better? <laughs> like you go, you go against them now, and you're like, wow, like that that guy. Yeah, yeah, it's just like fine wine, I guess. You know, <laughs> um, you know, just you know, sometimes it gets better with age. Um, you know, and the the game, the brain, the IQ. You know, you're just not as athletic, but you're definitely a little smarter than the person you're going against. And, Mm-hmm. You know, definitely has an advantage at this at this level. So give me one guy, Ricky. Give me one guy that you know that that just you're like, wow, that guy has. Uh, I mean, he maintained. He got better over time. You know, maybe maybe than you were thinking when you were you're playing in the league against him. Uh, Joe Johnson. Mm-hmm. You know, Mr. Smooth. Uh, he's just he's just amazing. He just gets better and better. You know, he just he just yeah just keeps going. You know. Um, Mahmoud Abdul Rauf, mm-hmm. uh, you know he's about fifty now, and he's he's still moving. So you know those are some of the guys you know that I look up to and that I see that's still going and still got it. You know Corey McGetty, he's still going, and a lot of guys looking good out there. So well, the, um, the Mahmoud Abdul Rauf one, when you say almost fifty, man, that dates me. Like that. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, back in the day when it was Chris Jackson, man. Yep, yep. Was, playing with Shaq, right? Uh, yeah, forty-five man. at LSU. That's <laughs> that's that guy was amazing. So, and, and you uh, mentioned Joe Johnson. That, 
that that's another heat former heat player i it was funny because he was here um you know you called him kind of you know you know slow you know slow mo joe right like that's slow mo joe (laughs) just moving at his own pace playing in a playoff series yeah Mm -hmm. a couple years ago everybody else kind of moving moving down to his pace you mentioned um you know kind of having to figure out you know when you don't have the athleticism i mean you know, I mean, you were a high flyer. Um, you know, I, I remember, I mean, you were in the slam dunk contest. Uh, I remember, you know, that playoff series against the Heat when you guys kind of ran them off the floor um, in 2000, yeah. where, where Pat came out afterwards and said we were ashamed and embarrassed by the way we played. I, right. think, <laughs> I think Mash had a little <laughs> bit of a chip on his shoulder during that series, and, and you guys were kind of, kind of getting up and down. Are there things that you look at now? Because, I mean, you had a good NBA career. You, you were with a bunch of teams, but when you kind of think of sort of how you've, grown to sort of you know learn learn the game and and from it from an iq perspective at this stage that kind of think man if i knew that knew then what i knew now what kind of a player oh, yeah. do you think about that well, yeah uh i definitely definitely think about those things um you know about you know what you've learned now you know what you've seen on film and studied and um you know if you had that kind of that kind of brain coming in out of college and, you know um you know, just having that skill at your prime, I think it would just be, I think you would be amazing, all-star caliber, you know, because just, you know, the angles and the, and the movements and, the, you know, working on the plays, it's just, it's a whole different ball game. You know, once, you, once you've grown and seen the game and, you know, played a lot of minutes, um, you know, you definitely would be a, a much better player. Well, you were first round pick in '98, um, but like you mentioned, you, you you didn't go to college. You went straight from 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 high school to the pros. Do do you do you look back at because now you can't do that, as you know. I mean, a lot of guys have, have done that over years, but it's the one year deal, yeah. and and now you know there's some talk about getting rid of that or making it to two years, mm-hmm. or something along those lines. And we're looking at this draft in 2022 in the NBA where it might be a double draft where you're going to get from both both plays um do, do you think looking back at it uh that that there should have been that you would have benefited from you know having a one year in college rule or, or do you think players should still be able to go out straight from from the uh from high school to the nba yeah i think i think they should definitely should, i don't even know why they took it out um you know guys should definitely be able to go from high school to um you know to to to, to the nba um you know you your best stars were straight out of high school, mm-hmm. you know, the Kobe's, LeBron's, and Tracy McGrady's, and, you know, all these guys that came out of high school were actually your stars. So um, it was kind of confusing, mm-hmm. you know, but, um, you know, I guess they're helping out the NCAA by having guys go and, <laughs> right. you know, go to college. <laughs> helping you know, to make, but money, I, make I, a little money, Ricky. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, but I, I think um, – I think it's best, you know, guys, if, if they're good enough to play at that age, you know, because for me, I got drafted at 17. So, mm-hmm. you know, being able to actually learn the NBA game at an early age was very beneficial for me. Um, instead of going different places, picking up bad habits, you never know, you know, what the coach is teaching them, what they're picking up in workouts and what they're picking up in summertime. So, so being able to get the kids, I mean, it's what, six months difference? Right. What what's the difference? Six months, right? You know, because yeah, by the time he does his basketball season, he actually leaves school early anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so so it's really like a six month difference that we're that we're stopping these kids from. I don't know. It's you know a chance for those kids to get hurt, 
Um, you know, if he's good, he's good. Right. Yeah. yeah no, I mean, you can, see, like you can see it. You can see it. You can see the kids that are good. Um, and if they're not good, um, you know, they put their name in the draft and they still can go to college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't think we needed to see Zion in college to know he was going to be pretty good in the pros. That was that was fairly clear uh, from the first. Right. Game. I, I want to go back to your Heat career for a little bit because you did have two stints here, and they were two very different types of seasons. Um, 2000, 2001, which uh, was a year that I always kind of think about because there was the big trades that were made that off season by the Heat, um, where they finally broke up that that core. Um, and uh, and I always sort of wonder what would have happened if Zoe had been uh healthy um at right. at that stage and then you you kind of suffered through the year that heat fans don't like to remember which is the the 0708 year which um where everything kind of bottomed out how do you kind of look back at at your heat experience um well i was actually at the beginning i was hurt a little bit mm-hmm. at the heat experience so um you know it was tough didn't get a lot of playing time as i wanted you know but um it was good I love the my heat stint. Um, you know, even though in 07 we didn't win a lot of games, you know, we showed a lot of character guys still out there playing and, and going hard and, you know, we brought up some D League guys and you know, so it was it was tough. But, you know, just playing for the culture of Miami is just amazing. Um, you know, it's a top grade, you know, ball club. So um they take care of you, um, as long as you put out, you know, what you're supposed to be doing and it's it, it was great for me. Do, do you do you ever do you ever wonder about kind of the you know again that 0708? I don't think they went into that season in 0708 thinking it was going to be that rough. Um, and then oh, no. got, and and then kind of everybody got yeah everybody yeah. got hurt. Dwayne, you everybody did. got hurt, and uh, you know D Wade and Shaq did their little thing, and mm-hmm. you know it just kind of it got out of hand a little bit. Mm-hmm. What was your, the bigger picture? When you look back at your NBA career, what was your favorite moment? Uh, my favorite moment, um, you know, probably playing uh, Cleveland days, Boston days. Mm-hmm. Uh, those were my best. Uh, sorry about that noise there. Okay. Yeah, my Cleveland, Cleveland and Boston days, uh, those were my best days there. You know, mm-hmm. you know, being averaging 24 points for a while and, you know, just being able to, you know, play at that high caliber was just was great. And I know, obviously, you were there for the beginning of LeBron, um, and, and kind of what what that ended up becoming. Uh, what what was what was kind of um, that experience like uh, at at that point? Because you were traded, uh, what was it in December, right? Um, you know, mm-hmm. pretty, pretty quickly into that year. But you were there for all the the hype and the craziness in Cleveland, and stations yeah. were going to be, what, what was that uh, three-month period like, three to four months? Um, it, it was good. It was good. I mean, even the season before that, even the season before that, um, it was rough, you know, just, you know, the way we got LeBron, winning 16, 17 games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's rough on you anyway. Um, and I played all 82 games. So, um, you know, just didn't want to go through that you know, again, this season trying to rebuild and redo this. And so I figure I'll try to, you know, go play behind Paul Pierce over there and, and you know, a team that's established and ready to go to playoffs. And, mm-hmm. you know, it worked out good for me right away, um, you know, but maybe I should have waited for the big train to run, you know, and, and run with that train. But, um, you know, like I said, it was it was great just playing with different people and traded over there with Paul Pierce. You know, playing behind that guy was amazing. So, um 
Well, yeah, just don't mention Paul Pierce to too many Heat fans. That's not, he's uh, he's yeah, I know, right? He's a dagger. <laughs> he's not among the favorites down here. I, I think there's respect. Yep. I think there's respect, but yeah, oh I yeah. But I, I don't know about the other stuff. Uh, let's get back to the big three here for a second. So, so for people who don't know, uh, explain a little bit how, like, who's like, explain to people who's on your team uh, and how that kind of works, like that, how the substitutions, like, just just how the whole process of it works. So, so who are you coming down yeah. here to play with? Uh, we're we're on the go. I'm on the Ghost Ballers. Me, Mike Bibby, um, we got Mike Taylor, we got Chris Johnson, Alex Scales and Solomon Jones. And, um, you know, we they play three on three. We have three subs. We play first to 25 is halftime, mm-hmm. and first to 50 is game. Okay. So, no make it, take it. You make it, the other team gets the ball, got 14 seconds to shoot it, and we have a four-pointer. Uh, we're allowed to shoot four-pointers. You know, that Stephen Curry deep, deep ball back there. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, so, um, and it's fun. It's, it's you no, know, you know, we have hand checking and, you know, we, we're just old school beat em up basketball. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, that's why I figured it afterwards it probably hurts a little bit because uh, there's, no, yeah. there's nowhere for you to move to at this stage. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And not as many guys are vertical as they used to be, right? So that's uh, – Exactly. Uh, that's part. Who are some of the other guys that we may see down here that 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 uh, will be competing? That you'll be competing. Yeah, I think Rashard Lewis will be down here this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think Amari Stoudemire. All Heat. Nate yeah. Robinson. Uh, you know all these guys. Uh, Mario Chalmers. You know we got all these Heat guys. You know that'll be here this weekend. So it's going to be awesome. Yeah, no, and I know with uh, I know Rio has been has been really into it. Um, we've had him on the podcast a couple times. Um, is yeah. I, I got to ask this though: is is he the greatest clutch player who's ever played in the NBA? Because I, I know Rio thinks so. So I just I, I got to throw that out to you. Before. Greatest clutch player? Yes. I mean, if you ask Rio, that's what he would. Robert Early. Robert Early. All, right, all right, all right, all right. So Rio's second. Robert Early. Right, Big shot, Ori. <laughs> that's mine. That's my old school. You know, that's me. That, that that Rio is definitely clutch. Yes, we'll go there. Yeah, he's definitely go. clutch. But all but right. my 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 all time favorite is uh, Big Shot Rob. All right, good good deal. And what is the fan experience like? You mentioned that before because we want want we want people to to kind yeah. of come out there. Yeah. Like how how is it different from an NBA game in that way? Well, it's great. Um, you know, first the price, of course. Mm-hmm. You don't have to pay five hundred to a thousand dollars to get your family in there. Um, you know, and it's fun. We have all stars. We got. Iceman, Clyde Drexler, you know, Julius Irvin. We got all these coaches, Rick Barry. We got everybody that's, you know, Reggie Fierce, a lot of a lot of guys that's, um, you know, Hall of Famers and stuff. So um, it's, it's a great chance for the fans to come out and interact with, the, with um, some other all-stars and, you know, have fun. All right, well, that's Ricky Davis. Um, so Saturday, 8 o'clock, American Airlines Arena, uh, the big three, they basically come out here once a year. I know a lot of people went out last year, had fun. I'm trying to figure out a way to get out there myself. And like I said, we'll have uh, we'll have a couple of people covering it for Five Reasons Sports, taking pictures and, and meeting with people. And Ricky, really appreciate uh, you taking the time, and, and good luck with it. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. 
In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.